the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it is a uh, Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We are closer to Friday than we were on uh, Monday. That's always a good thing. We're going to have a special guest with us here this first hour, and then uh, we'll hear from Congressman French Hill, Congressman Westerman uh, in the second hour as we make our uh, our virtual trip up to Washington, D.C., and, and talk to them and find out what those crazy Democrats are up to. So we'll be talking about that uh, in in an hour or so. Uh, Ken Yang has not arrived. He hasn't uh, returned my text, so I don't know if he's going to be here or not. But the loss of Ken and the gain of Curtis Coleman. How are you, Curtis? Good morning, Dave. I'm doing – I'm probably the happiest guy on the planet. So. Well, it's good to see. Well, that's because <laughs> you're not you. doing politics anymore. That, <laughs> could be. <laughs> that will make things a lot better. I've, I've got to be honest with you. When I went on vacation, it was it was so good because I just got away from all yeah. of that. I turned my phone off. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't answer anybody's, anybody's calls. So what are you up to right now? Last time I was here, I think you were telling me you were going to work on a new book. Is that right? I am a very early stage, and uh, I am working on a book uh, about our company, Safe Foods Corporation. That's right. Yeah, That's so right. it's coming slowly, but I'm. Uh, uh, it's, such a, it's a magnificent story, but I'm a little overwhelmed by it. I was telling an editor that I'm working with that uh, the problem is that everything I see in it, it looks important, and it's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm having to have some help with it. <laughs> so what? Uh, how many years for them now? 22. 22 years. Yes, 22. They were one of the first companies to use uh, radiation to kill bacteria, weren't they? Well, actually, and we weren't one of the first ones, and that's not our primary technology, but oh, we, okay. we do use – it's um, – uh, we use an ultraviolet light form of radiation, right. which we have a patent on. Yeah, I don't want you to think that they're setting off little tiny miniature <laughs> no, nuclear no, weapons or something. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay, that's good. But it's a way of, of yes. getting rid of salmonella well, and a yeah, lot of different Well, actually, the, some researchers at the University of Arkansas discovered that uh, a compound in scope mouth rinse, Dave, was more effective at controlling salmonella on poultry than anything that had ever been discovered. And, and it uh, makes the chicken smell better. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> and so, stink, uh, yeah, so um, uh, we, we discovered their discovery, and we uh, licensed the patent rights and went to work. 
And uh, God's blessed the company today. We're now doing business in about uh, 15 countries. Wow. We actually make about 300 million meals a day safer now. Well, they should be proud of that. Well, they, I think they are. Well, so, they should. Yeah, There's no are. doubt about that. But that we know be. that's all the gracing of God, and we know that. All right. Well, I didn't. Pr- I didn't bring you on to talk about you know getting rid of salmonella and things of that nature. You're involved with a, a, a crane for my city. This is an activity that's going to happen uh, tomorrow night here in Central Arkansas. It's funny because I had totally forgot that you had texted me about this, oh, uh, about that, and it. I was sitting in, I, I was watching Fox News or something, and your name popped up in my head, <laughs> and I said, "Now that happened because we talked about something," mm. and I went and found your your text, and I said, "Wow, I got to give him a call." So well, we got you. a hold of you a couple of days ago to get you back on. Here on the show, so let's let's talk about this. How did this get started? I'm liking the picture that the person took of the city with the person on the other side of the bank of the Arkansas River uh, on his knees praying. Well, a, a little background here that uh, helps kind of draw this together, and it's it's uh, it's quite a backstory, Dave. But it's um, for um, for 42 years there was a woman named Bertha Smith who was a missionary to China, 42 years in China as a missionary. She was there during the Shantung Revival. And a lot of people don't know about the Shantung Revival. It's approximately equal to the Welch Revival that people didn't know about. It was huge. There were tens of thousands of Chinese who came to Jesus during that 10-year period, 1937 and 1947. And I'm going somewhere with this, so hang in here with me. Uh, We're good. In fact, uh, by the time by the time Bertha Smith died at the age of ninety nine, wow. more than fifty million fifty million Chinese people had come to Jesus out of 50, that 50 million. million. Wow! So uh, Bertha Smith retired at the age of seventy, came back to the states, and uh, one of the things she did is she came to Little Rock, and actually to First Baptist Church Little Rock, and here it is, Dave, forty nine years ago. Friday of this week, 49 years ago this week, and she stood in the pulpit at First Baptist Church in Little Rock, and this is the report, and reportedly said, if revival comes to America, it will start in Little Rock. Wow. Yes. That's the report. That That's what she said during this conference. Okay. So tomorrow night, we're meeting in the same room. We're going to be standing at the same pulpit that Bertha Smith stood at 49 years ago, and we're going to be praying and asking God to do what Bertha Smith said. Pour out his Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. And then it doesn't really make any difference whether Bertha Smith said it or not. Yeah, that's true. Because what God said was, as we know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, here's the deal, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, I'm wondering if Bertha Smith was given a word, though. I think, I think it's entirely possible. You know? And so uh, we're, we're meeting there tomorrow night and uh, in the very same room, very same place. Okay, so how many people do you have planned thus far? I have no idea. Dave, I just we have no idea. I will tell you that the response on social media has been extraordinary. In fact, uh, last time I looked, 
just on Facebook alone, we were at over 130,000 views of the, oh, good. Of the information. And there were about 49,000 people who had responded in some way uh, online to tomorrow night. So now I want to tell you that you and I are not that far apart in age, and you, you'd be one of the more... Well, how do we put the seasoned influencers on Facebook? Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. sitting here trying to decide if that was a compliment. It was a compliment. It right. was a compliment. I knew that it was. So I don't spend as much time there as I used to. Well, and, that's a good uh, thing too. Yeah, I I have other things that are more important. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a bubble that you can get into, uh, yeah. and it's hard to get out of sometimes. Yeah, there are days I don't go there at all. But uh, there's a there's a Facebook page called Praying for My City, and that's where all this is coming out of. Okay, Praying for Praying My City. Praying for My City. And okay. there's a website, prayingformycity.com. Okay, so go there today. Check it out. Be prepared to do this tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Okay. And we have a, Little Rock's First Baptist, First Baptist Church. Church, 62 Pleasant Valley Drive here in Little Rock. Uh, Cynthia Scott who is a national prayer leader. She works with the Billy Graham Evangelist Association. We'll be there tomorrow night. I will tell you, Dave, if you come, buckle up, because Cynthia Scott is one of the most challenging prayer warriors I've ever met in my life. In fact, the first time I sat and talked with her very long, I got up and I told Catherine about it. I said, you know, I really felt like I needed to go ask this woman to teach me how to pray. Yeah, well. So there's, there's things so, that, yeah. there's things to do when you pray. There are absolutely. So she's going to be the keynote speaker tomorrow night. But but actually, the Holy Spirit's going to be the keynote speaker. That's and, exactly uh, he's right. Just simply going to be using her. And everybody will get a different message. That's what's kind of cool. Isn't that neat? He <laughs> talks to each one of us individually. That's exactly right. Always. You'll tell what you have to do to make this happen. Exactly. It's fascinating, isn't it? it uh, well, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I've got a lot of people who think I'm nuts, but uh, I can just tell you, I've had some things happen in the last several years uh, with the Holy Spirit that have been eye-opening. Mm. I mean, eye-opening. That's I've that, had, that's what he does, actually. I I didn't know if I was that whole – I believed that whole thing about Daniel and the dreams and all of that. Yeah. I do now. Yeah, me too. I've had I've had dreams mm-hmm. now. And that tells me that the timetable is, is, is winding up. Advancing, isn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm hearing from other people yeah. telling me the same thing. I'm ready, man. I'm yeah. ready. Ain't that the truth? Mm. Ain't that the truth? I don't fit here anymore. But, we're strangers. We are. We are aliens in an, in an, another land yes. because we don't belong to this world. Right. And that's something that everybody needs to understand. Yeah. All right. We're going to come back and we'll talk with Curtis. I haven't seen Curtis or talked with him in several months, and uh, it's always fun to catch up with him, and uh, we'll continue our conversation here in, in just a moment with him. East End Towing wants you to know if your car breaks down on the side of the road, you need to get a tire changed. You got to get uh, your keys broke out of your car because you locked them in the car. Or let's say you broke down and you're towing your boat or you're towing your camper uh, or you got a truck. You know, what are some of the things you need to know in those situations? Well, East End Towing will let you know no matter the situation that you find yourself in that they can handle it and they've got the answers. 
All you have to do is call them. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the number here in just a moment. Take your phone, unless you're driving. But take your phone and put this number in your phone so that you have it. You know, put on contact, East End Towing, so you can bring it up uh, as soon as you can. Know that East End uh, Towing is part of the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They are licensed and they are insured and that every truck that they have is permitted here in the state. Okay, here's that phone number, 501-888-8849, 501-888-8849. Put that in your phone, and whenever you need a tow truck, you call East in Towing. good friend of mine is here in the studio with me, Curtis Coleman, talking about praying for my city. You go to prayingformycity.com, find all the information there about what's happening tomorrow night, starting at 7 o'clock at the Little Rock First Baptist Church at 62 Pleasant Valley Drive. Now, i got to ask a question that's not totally part of Praying for My City, but it is about uh, uh you know, First Baptist Church. You guys doing the Christmas tree this year? We can't do the Christmas tree because of the COVID issues. So we're not going to get to do it. Because of what the city has decided? Well, I don't know how much that affected it. I wasn't part of the decision. But we actually have to start back in the summer. And at whatever time the decision had to be made, it had to be made that we couldn't And do that's it. when the Delta variant was going I like crazy. I think that was what was happening. I wasn't part of that decision, but the, the, the decision point was at a really unfortunate time. And so, no, we're not going to get to do it this year. Bummer. Yeah. Means we love get to it. hear your wife sing. Yeah, I know. I like. I well, I get to hear her anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> she sings around the house. I'm she sure, does. but I, I we won't get to hear yeah. her her be uh, singing up in the, in the Christmas tree. And I'm 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 sad to hear that that's not going to happen because well, it didn't happen well, last year. Right? It didn't happen last year, so we're sad too because it's something that the church actually the entire church gets fully and totally involved in in the living Christmas tree. And so it's a it's an enormously important ministry. Got to ask uh, how how First Baptist is doing. I know I go to, uh, to New Life out in Cabot, and our attendance now is probably, I'm going to say it's down 15%. Maybe, maybe it might be a little bit more than that. And most, and a lot of churches are having the same issue, people not coming back after, uh, you know, getting out of the habit of showing up. Had an interesting discussion with uh, uh, with Scott over at Agape yesterday on the air about this. He said the numbers are down, but the uh, the tithes are up, and they're they got more tithes coming in now than they had during COVID. Uh, or during the time COVID wasn't around. And uh, it makes you think how many people were coming to the church that weren't really sold out to Jesus. You know, that makes me, it makes me question that. So um, do you do you think that that's, you know, uh, how are they doing over First Baptist? Are you guys getting back up to the amount that you had? You know, I, we're not back to the amount that we had, no. I, I did hear a similar report, Dave, about uh, contributions. In fact, last year, I understand our contributions were tremendous, far above what the budget required. Enough said. Yeah. And uh, I also have heard, I, you know, I don't go 
to a lot of other churches, so I don't have a point of comparison. But the report I heard was that First Baptist was uh, doing better with a per- the percentage of the normal attendance than most other churches were, and that it has come back faster. And that's just uh, something I heard in the halls. So <laughs> yeah, well, this has been this has really been an interesting time for you, me, I think people that are involved a lot of times deeply within the church and and the people who are attending and the people who aren't attending. Uh, a lot of people want to blame that we, we're now on the Internet so often and they'd much rather watch the service while they're lying in bed or whatever. And I don't know if that's true or not. Well, it's not my preference. Well, no, it's not mine either. No. I like being... I want. I want to be in there. the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And that's the whole point of gathering together. Yeah, yeah. This gathering together uh, digitally is not working for me. So, <laughs> you know, have you? There's a lot of questions coming out uh, in churches that they're dealing with because they're struggling a little bit on trying to come up with with answers, and some of the answers that they're 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 fighting with right now is you know people some people are getting inoculated other people are not Mm -hmm. some churches have told the people who are not getting inoculated if you don't have the vaccine you don't get the jab you get to sit in the balcony everybody else gets to sit down on on the floor they don't have to wear a mask you do have to wear a mask and it's called it's been kind of divisive at times and that's not what the Bible tells us it's supposed to be when we gather together. You know, I've uh, I have not fully appreciated what pastors have gone through with this, uh, and I know that there have been decisions made like that. But I know my own pastor has been beat up from every side. Yeah, it's crazy, and it, it hasn't really mattered what he thought was best or right because there have been so many people in the body who have been so passionate and, uh, okay, I'm going to even use the word obstinate. Yeah. <laughs> there's a fine line between passion and obstinance sometimes so, well, about it. And but so, you're exactly right. So, I, you know, an, an effort to try to accommodate everybody who has such intense feelings and views and opinions about that has got to have been an impossible road to walk. And uh, it has been tragic and uh, I, I I don't I don't know how most pastors have managed it and uh, and with an insanity. Yeah, well, you've been a pastor. Yes, you know what it's like. Yes, I do. It, it does. It comes from every side. It does. And sometimes it comes from this side. Well, you know, I tithe ten percent and more. <laughs> and uh, last year I tithed X amount of dollars. Uh, we can remove that from the budget of this church if some things aren't done differently. Sometimes that's said. I, yeah. It's pretty rare, I think, but it is occasional. Well, you, it's more often, you know it's, it's going through often, their mind. It's more often implied than that's stated. That's what I'm saying. You know, you know it's there on their mind, yeah. and, and they're, they're, they kind of let you know. But um, it, it concerns me 365 times. Jesus or God himself says, fear not. Uh-huh. Now, I, I think that it's not a coincidence that it's 365 times, all right? One for every day of the year. 
And, it, you know, it's amazing to me how much when we're faced with travails that we serve the God of the universe. He can do anything that he decides that he wants to do. And we don't believe, we suddenly become atheists and we don't believe that he's going to do what he has promised to do. And I think that that's happened to your during this COVID thing. Mm. People have gotten scared mm-hmm. and fear, fear freezes up everything. I just went and saw the movie Dune over the weekend. Oh, really? And I, and I have seen, I've read the book several times and there's a couple of times that Paul Atreides, who is the main character, makes the statement that fear is the mind freezer. That's true. When you fear, you're paralyzed almost. And uh, I think that in the church that we are really kind of at uh, at that point uh, right now. And I'm hoping that more people come to understand that we serve the God of the universe, man. It, I mean, he is. Nothing happens that he doesn't allow. Exactly. And and we know he has not given us the spirit of fear. That's exactly what uh, my Bible says. That's exactly what it says. But, you know, almost every person in America has some uh, knowledge of the 23rd Psalm. At least the first verse, which says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. And when we come back, we'll talk about what a shepherd did. All right, because that's really important that you understand it. Here's the news. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. No other roofing company has been on my roof or done any work on my roof besides PI Roofing. I mean, they've been part of my show. Uh, They've been faithful uh, sponsors of my show for 20 years. And Joel Johnson and uh, Veronica Johnson, the two owners of PI Roofing, uh, are super people. They are jesus followers they don't mind me saying that uh they're christians and they treat you the customer the way they think that christ would want to treat you as a customer uh i'll give you a really good example uh they they came out i had to have a new roof and we had a hail storm up in in cabot and they put it on and a couple of days later i was driving i was driving up to the house and there looked like a, it was like a wave look on on it, and I I couldn't figure it out. So I called uh, I called PI Roofing. And I said, "Hey, look, there's something going on here that's not right." I said, "It looks like I got waves on my on my uh, on my roof." And the guy who had been the head of the crew that did my roof called me back, talked me about. It, said, "I'm going to come out this afternoon, take a look at it, Dave." And, he showed up, looked at it, and he says, yeah. He says, the felt has failed on the roof. And we don't know if it was the felt or if it was the way we installed it. But I'll tell you how we do it at PI Roofing. We're going to put another roof on your house, and uh, it won't cost you a penny. Wow. So they came out the next week, tore it all off, put it all back on, and it... Uh, I just talked to the same guy who has been with the company uh, for that low, that 18 years, and he said that uh, it's time for a new roof, Dave. You know, you got to get a new roof. And I said, great. So I'll be going with PI Roofing. I know that Matt Smith, 
owns the uh, uh, the cinema there in uh, in in Cabot, and, and he used them. Uh, Elizabeth Sotolaro had her roof put on with PI roofing because I I talk about them religiously to people when and especially if they say they they need a new roof. So here's what you do: pick up uh, your cell phone and punch in seven zero seven thirty five fifty one. Have we started that 501 thing that we got to do now? We got to dial 501 before everything? I know that's going to be something we're going to have to do, but bottom line, whether you got to do the 501 or not, just know 707-3551. Call it. Have them come out. Walk your roof. They'll tell you exactly what needs to be done, whether you need a full roof job, a partial roof job, or you just got a small leak and they can fix it for you. And, uh, you know, they'll take good care of you. They're, they're the best that I know of. They're the best people that I know of in the roofing business. And you can reach them also at piroofing.com. So there's how you get a hold of them. And I highly recommend them to you. All right. Curtis Coleman is here. Got another, we got another half hour to talk. I want to go back and talk about, I want you to tell the story again about uh, Smith. Yes, I, I well, I'd love to tell it again, Dave. I, uh, I was telling you about a missionary. His name was Bertha Smith, who lived in the previous century, and she was a missionary in China, including Taiwan, for forty-two years, which covered the time of what we now know as the Shantung Revival, which was ten years, nineteen thirty-seven to nineteen forty-seven, and during that time, tens of thousands of Chinese people came to Jesus. Is it like, was it a a, a, a revival like we had saw during Finney and some yes, of the others in similar. the United States where, I right. mean, people would show up, would just, you know, just curious people, and they would show up and the Spirit of God would just fall on them? Yes. In fact, that's been pretty typical of every revival like that. And that happened in China. Well, uh, Bertha Smith retired from missions uh, at the age of 70, came back to the United States and came and went to several churches here in the country, including she came to Little Rock. This is in 1972. Yeah, you couldn't fly in then. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, I'm not, not sure you can now. But <laughs> That's kind of true. <laughs> but 49 years ago this week, in fact, 49 years ago Friday of this week, she stood in the pulpit a First Baptist Church in Little Rock, and is reported to have said, and I'm saying is reported to have said because I can't find a recording of what she said, but uh, is reported to have said that if revival comes to America, it's going to start in Little Rock. I wonder. You know, that's a word from God. I mean, that's not something I'm sure she just said. Yeah, Little Rock is this really religious place, and that's right, that's not the way it was. I, <laughs> I don't mean, think, no, it wasn't, and that's not what no, especially. Uh, and if you remember, I mean, think about 1972. We'd just been through the 60s here in Little Rock. Yeah, and uh, it was a phenomenal thing. So we so tomorrow night, uh, and I, let me just tell you, this is all different kinds of churches, different groups. We if have, you're a Jesus follower, yes, you're welcome. You're there. You're there, and we already know that we have. Uh, we have African-American churches that are going to be there. We have Baptists. We have Assembly of God. We have Church of God. We have, and I don't remember, I don't remember all the others, but we have multiple denominations, multiple ethnicities that are going to be there tomorrow night. We're going to sing together a little bit, and we're going to pray together a whole lot.
tomorrow night. It's going to be the body of Christ being the body of Christ. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to accept God's offer. We're going to take God's deal. When, and here's the deal. Well, nothing's going to happen unless you take unless his you deal. Right. <laughs> and, but here's the deal. He said, if, here's your part, if you will humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I, here's the deal, if, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive your sin, I will heal your land, and we are all begging for God to heal our land. And he says, I will, I'll do it. Here's the deal. Here's the offer. You take it. And that's what we're going to do tomorrow night. That's great. Seven o'clock. That's really, it's a, that's that's inspiring, to be honest. Well, I'm excited was, was about Was this it. your idea or was this somebody I, you know, else's? This is, uh, I'm praying this is the Holy Spirit's idea, Dave. Okay, but what, were well, you? Well, there was were, a variety of people who were. Okay. Yeah, and, and none of whom won't credit. Okay. Were, were, did it happen like typically... You're like having conversations with people, and that subject pops up suddenly? Well, here's what happened. Uh, I've had friends at the Billy Graham Association for 50 years now, and they called me back early this year and said, we've got a group of people who want Will Graham, who is Billy Graham's grandson, we want Will Graham to come to Little Rock to do what used to we used to call a crusade, and oh, course, yeah. which is what he's doing now. What Billy the, used to do. Yes, this, Will's doing those all over the world now. Oh, cool. And with the same gift. Remar- In fact, if you listen to Will speak and you close your eyes, you're going to think Billy's back. Wow. It's remarkable. Wow. So they called me and said, would you help us? And I said, I'd love to. So I began working on it. And i got to tell you, Dave, it became obvious to me that I just walked into the midst of a major spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual battle in our city, for, for our city. Yep. We are desperate for God to move in this city. And I don't know anybody who doesn't agree with that. Even people who don't claim to be followers of Jesus agree, yeah, we've got to have the work of God in this city or we're in big trouble. So when you're in a spiritual warfare, you fight a spiritual warfare in the prayer closet. That's where you go to fight. So, Paul said exactly so what happened was in the conversations it became obvious that we needed to get believers together in this city to pray and that's how that got birthed and that's why it's going to happen tomorrow night and it's exciting to me i got to tell you we're hearing i had a note from a pastor of a of a well-known church in this city uh, this week who wrote said curtis i was supposed to leave town tomorrow and I'm postponing my trip because I need to be in a prayer service like this. Well, you know what? You want to be there. If you're if you're really a Jesus follower, here's the key. You want to be there so you don't miss if the heavens open and huh. God falls. Man. I've I've read so many books, you know, like A Mighty Wind and all of those 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 books. Mm-hmm of of revivals that have happened in this country in the philippines and in all other kind of countries in africa and things and it's got to be an amazing time i i have such a desperate desire to see god move to, to see that and to be part of that and i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night but i know something's going to happen tomorrow night i don't know what it's going to be yeah, you're going to know that God's there. I think so. You're going to know God's there. Because when his people get together and start calling on him, 
He's there too. He answers. He promises us he he's answers. with us. He guaranteed it over and over and over. If you'll call on my name, I will answer you. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. You know, knocking the door is going to be open. He's got promise after promise. Ask whatever you will in my name, and I will. I'll give it to you. I'll do it for you. And those are all promises yeah. that he meant. And he don't break them. He does not. All right. He's faithful and true. Absolutely. All right, so Cynthia Scott is coming. She's with the Billy Graham organization. Uh, she's a big-time prayer warrior. A fascinating story. She was a very successful businesswoman in Pittsburgh. In fact, she lives in a suburb of Pittsburgh with her husband now. Very successful. She left her business. She was so convinced that God wanted her in this ministry of prayer that she left her business, shut it down, and this is what she does. And I got to tell you, she has a national prayer team day that she people all over the country that she prays with over the telephone every Friday morning nationwide. Wow. And it's just it's and uh, you got to hear the woman talk about prayer and then hear her talk to the Lord. And uh, we're going to do that tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, she's a phenomenal person. And I, I'm not putting all this on her. I just know that she knows what she's talking about. Okay, now you'll understand what I'm going to ask the next question. Some people who are not – if you didn't go to Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary, <laughs> when I say Dr. Fish, you don't know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I do. All right. But I will tell you this. That was one of the most godly men uh. – I've ever met. And when he prayed, uh, you could feel the ground shake. Yes. She's I, like him, huh? I, yeah. I think I went to seminary to have Roy Fish as a professor. And uh, I remember uh, at Southwestern looking forward to the, the days I had classes with Roy Fish. Oh, gosh, I had to look forward to that. And it was enormous. Yeah. Yes. See, I haven't thought about that connection. But, yeah, that's a remarkable analogy. There's some people that really have a hold of that yeah. and they can teach it even which is a, is an amazing thing i mean fish when i had him i i had him for invitations and how to give an invitation, how to give an invitation. and let me just tell you what i never thought how i knew how important the invitation was but I didn't know how important for you to be right with God was uh-huh. for an invitation. Uh-huh. Man, that guy make you humble. Yes. He'd make you humble. He was a good man. I, I know that he's passed away now, you know, but I, I want to see him again and, and tell him thank you. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the invitation because, Dave, I can still give an invitation like Roy Fish taught me to. Good. I can still do it. Good. I remember, a lot of churches don't well. do that anymore. I know. I know that. You know, he needs you. Jesus did. Yeah. This whole thing of just raising a hand and all that, I don't buy that. I don't – Roy Fish would be freaking out about it. Yeah. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say to James and John, hey, raise your hand. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. He said, drop your nets and follow me is what he said. All right, i got to get my final break in. I'm going to keep Curtis here until the top of the hour. Next hour, we've got uh, Congressman Hill, Congressman Westerman coming up, and we're going to talk about – those crazy, his crazy Democrats. I don't know how else to put it. We'll talk to them in just a moment. You know, are you concerned about uh, out of control government spending, soaring inflation, political unrest, and a rapid decline of the U.S. dollar? Now, I can name those four things, and if you're over 50, 
you probably can tell me the last time in the United States that that was really, really, really a problem. So don't let 1970s style inflation destroy your retirement. It destroyed a lot of people back in the 70s. And it's why millions of Americans now invest in silver and gold to protect their nest egg. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your 401k, your hard-earned savings by calling 501-222-3315. The folks at David Lucas Financial uh, work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, here's the number to call again, 501 222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. Okay, Curtis, again, this is a praying for my city. Find out more about it. You got a day to, to get with it. Uh, prayingformycity.com. It's going to happen tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and it will happen at... Uh, First Baptist Church at 62 Pleasant Valley Drive. If I'm not mistaken, that's a church that on the 4th of July has all the flags out. That's the church. Okay, right. so and, if that and, helps you. And the church that usually does the Living Christmas that's Tree. That's correct. Right. And But can't do it again this year. Right. Uh, Cynthia Scott from the Billy Graham Organization is going to be there to teach you about prayer. Because there's a, a lot of stuff in the Bible about prayer. Awesome stuff. Yeah, about how God answers prayer. You know, I don't how many times do we pray not expecting an answer? Yeah. Well, we got to pray expecting. Well, here's my whole thing. I pray expecting. I just keep my fingers crossed that I've got the mind of God, the mind of Christ, and I'm not surprised if He says no. Right. You know, if He says no, it's because He loves you. Well, I I understand that, you know, he's he's tempering me. I'm sure he is. There's some things that are going on in my life. I I think did I tell you about the the dream I had? No. Now I was I was dead asleep. And let me tell you what I tell you. I was dead asleep. There's a lot of people think I'm dead when I'm asleep. <laughs> and uh I woke up. You know how when your your eyes just like snap open? Uh-huh. That happened to me and when it happened, I could still hear music in my he- my ears, I, uh, Christian music. And then I had a, a, a very solid thought in my mind of do what I've said. Hmm. And uh, here's what I was told. I've had a meeting with a person at your church about – having starting a real private school that follows christian principles and doesn't take any money from the government or anything so we can pray when we want to uh i want to teach the kids greek i want to teach the greek the kids hebrew i think that those are important languages that they know more importantly than maybe chinese and and spanish and uh i want to be able to teach them in a Christian way, mm-hmm. a biblical, because the Bible is the truth. Don't let anybody sell you out on this whole thing of there's multiple truths in the world or they've got a truth and you've got it. That's not true. 
There is one truth and one truth only, and that's in the Bible. If it doesn't square with the Bible, it's not true. You're being lied to, and it's from the, the father of lies. Just keep it, that in mind. But I, and, and this private school is to be free. Wow. I'm not supposed to charge. Wow. It's supposed to be free. And so I went and met with uh, the uh, the head of uh, the New Life Churches, and I sat down with him, and we prayed, and I told him this uh, what had happened. And he gave me some really good advice. Because I said, look, I don't have millions of dollars. Because to build a, a school, it's millions of dollars, all right? Because you're saying that you're going to let kids come to it free, how are you going to pay the teachers, you know? And uh, so all my fleshly questions were popping up. And uh, Rick Bissett and I sat down. We're talking about it. He says, Dave, if God gave you the vision, he will supply the provision. That's good. That's good. And I have not forgotten that. Mm. Now, the provision has not come yet. And it's been about three and a half years. And I don't give up. I know that I'm going to get it. I'm good. The provision's coming. You know what? It may not come to me. It may come to a member of my family or somebody who knows me real well. I don't know. I just know that God is faithful and true. He is. Yeah. And I can give you – I'm not going to make this into a testimony uh, end of an hour, but I can just tell you he has been faithful and true to me. I've gone through a, a five-way bypass – I've had the toes cut off of my right foot. I've lost five family members last year to COVID and to other things. And God is good. He is. Oh, Dave. Wow. So bottom line <laughs> is, uh, it's, you know, you need to go to this. Yeah. You need to go to this. we got yeah. too many murders happening in this, in this yes. city again. Yes. We need people to get on their knees yes. and to pray for them right. and, and exactly. to change lives. Yeah, we can. This city can be changed to start. Going to have to change hearts right. before the city will change. Right. It's just the way it, it has always been. It will yes, always sir. be that way. Yes, sir. Good to have you here. It's good to be here, Dave. All right. Thank you so much. We'll have you back. Curtis okay. Coleman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The congressmen are coming up right after the news. Dave. 
All right, again, you know, Curtis Coleman being on today, uh, let me remind you, this is called Praying for My City. It's uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, at uh, First Baptist Church at 62 Pleasant Valley Drive. Uh, An evening of praise, repentance, and intercessionary prayer for all believers. Uh, Go to prayingformycity.com and uh, uh, take part in this. Again, Cynthia Scott's going to be here from the Billy Graham a crusade and she's going to give uh, a little symposium on prayer and uh, you know what the bible says about it all right we're going to go to washington dc and uh, we're going to do our our own zoom meeting so to speak right here on the dave felswick show and congressman uh, french hill is here now before we start talking uh, about specifics for today i want to talk about next week for a moment with you uh congressman because jim banks the chairman of the republican study committee is going to join you on the show and i'm really excited about this uh you know the the republican study committee is one of the most conservative groups up there on the hill you're a member of it Uh, a a large percentage of congressmen are uh, part of uh, the rsc Mike Pence was the head of the RSC at one time. There's been a lot of good people that's come out of there. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say because he's he's really been on fire lately. Jim is terrific. Uh, we're proud to have him as the leader for the RSC. Thanks for having me today. He will be great next week. I hope you have some uh, good questions saved up. Uh, I think... Jim has been an excellent voice uh, for conservatives in the House in this Congress, representing all of us as the chairman of the RSC. And I particularly appreciate his voice in trying to uh, push back on the border crisis. Uh, We've had over 100 members go to the border personally, study the issues, meet with county judges, border patrol agents, Catholic charities, uh, the migrants themselves. And Joe Biden hadn't been once. Nope. So Jim's been a big part of that. And Jim has done a lot of work on big tech and censorship. Uh, he's one of our leading voices uh, on that issue. So I think it'll be a great visit. I'm so delighted he's going to join us next now, week. I know, the, I know the president has not been to the border, but his wife has. Wasn't, that's great. Wasn't, and, wasn't, uh, that, that's, wasn't that his... Uh, his defense uh, the other day in that press conference, well, I haven't been there here lately, but my wife has. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, uh, husbands and wives are teams. That's wonderful. But they, he's, she's not the president of the United States. And the only time he's been recently, wait for it, wait for it, was he drove by it in 2008. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Yeah. We're at a... We're at a 20-year crisis. We have not seen uh, this. We've interdicted uh, 1.7 million people. Now, you and I talk about this every week. And 400,000 estimated, quote, getaways, my favorite government term. Those are people who they saw Texas public safety, Arizona public safety, the Border Patrol, but they couldn't get to them. And so the group wandered off into Arizona or Texas. So... 
It's a crisis, uh, and the only good news on the front is that maybe uh, they're beginning to recognize it as one, even though they don't use the word, and are thinking about putting back in place some of the successful policies President Trump had. Yeah, it's – oh, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath about that. No, and guess what? I tried last week uh, after we visited about it. I've had my staff working for a week. I've talked to John Katko at Homeland Security. I've had the staff call over there. No one will give me the number that it's cost since Joe Biden canceled the construction contracts on the border. We're still paying for it. Oh, yeah. We're paying for a wall to be built that's not being built. Plus, you're paying contract cancellation fees that I have not been able to get public sunlight on. So we're still looking for that because taxpayers need to know. Two things. One, that Biden's made the border less safe, less secure, less appropriate to be managed. And secondly, that he's mismanaged it financially on top of that. Well, Congressman, let's talk. Uh, Seneca and Manage uh, have done a lot of good for our country and that they've they've stood their ground against the left in their own party. And uh you know, the president came out the other day, as did Nancy Pelosi, and they were talking about this new uh, social infrastructure bill that they want to pass. And uh, the president said, now we're only, well, we're only talking about $2 trillion, not $3.5 But I, I, always, I always hesitate to applaud because there's always something that he's not saying. So I'm going to turn it over to you. What is the president not telling us right now? Well, I think there's too much emphasis being put on the dollar amount. Oh, we're compromising. We're going to go from 3.5 trillion to, you know, 1.5 trillion or 2 trillion. And what Americans need to understand is it's not the dollar amount. Although the dollars are shocking and the dollars are contributing to the inflation that are seniors and our, our families are paying, no doubt. But we need to focus on what is in it. And what's in it is benefits for big labor, for example. Uh, in a, in a right-to-work state like Arkansas, this bill requires states to negotiate benefits through collective bargaining. Okay. So, so it's preempting right-to-work laws. It is hindering our energy independence that we had uh, under President Trump. We worked so hard for 30 years, 40 years to be energy independent, and it's going backwards because this limits the ability to invest in fossil fuels uh, and raises taxes on natural gas, which will raise the price of everything. Congressman, let me just let me ask this. What kind of message did he did the president send last week when he said I know you've been looking at the pump prices and they've gone up. I mean, we're over a dollar more a gallon right now than it was this time last year. And he says, and and you're looking to me about what I'm going to do. And I don't know. I don't have an answer for this. What? What? Yeah. I mean, there are concrete things he can do. He can open up uh, leasing on federal lands in an environmentally safe way. He can reopen the Keystone Pipeline. He can encourage natural gas usage as a clean transitional fuel. He can uh, increase uh, the ability for 
those companies to get financing. Right now, they're being intimidated in a way that's not even in this bill to prohibit banks and investment companies from lending money to drill for oil and gas. That's going on in the Biden administration right now, led by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. And that's not even in the bill. Uh, And so there's a lot of Green New Deal stuff in this bill. And then, of course, one of my favorites is you can earn up to $800,000 a year in income, but by golly, you can get your enhanced EV car credit, even if you're someone who has immense uh, income. And then the whole series of tax raising issues in this bill, uh, surveillance by the IRS is in this bill. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the first time, I think in about 40 years, uh, the Democrats have abolished all the uh, taxpayer protections on abortion. That's in this bill. Uh, amnesty for 8 million illegal people uh, is in this bill. So, oh, and then one of my personal favorites, I know it's your personal favorite. You love to go out to eat in San Francisco when you're stepping over everybody <laughs> on the sidewalk. Absolutely. $200 million for a park in Nancy Pelosi's district. That's $200 million for a park in her district. So Republicans, this was such a great idea. Republicans made a motion in the committee to cut the $200 million out from the Presidio Park in San Francisco and divide it among the national parks of the Democrats on the committee. They all voted it down. They said no one works harder than Nancy Pelosi, and she deserves more money than any other member in their party. I mean, it's laughable. It's incredible. It really is. It is really incredible. We've got uh, Congressman French Hill with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back with him in just a moment. we got more to talk about. I'm talking money with him today. I'm just telling you. Uh, because uh, that's what the uh, the Democrats are talking, and they're trying to buffalo you, buffalo you by saying, look at how much money we're going to take out of this bill but there's a lot of things that are going on in Washington, D.C. that's driving gas prices up, that's driving food prices up. Let's keep in mind that what's going on with the uh, uh, all the, 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 the chain, the shipping chain, that's all under Biden's watch, folks. Well, the uh, it's uh, what's his name from South Bend's watch. And he had he wasn't even there for a couple of months because he and his and his uh, husband uh, we're taking time off for their new child. All right, we'll talk about that in just a moment as well on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick with me. I uh, want to talk to you about Pat Davis. Wouldn't you like to get a, a check back from your doctor instead of always sending a check to to your doctor, uh, like paying uh, you know, co-pays and stuff? Well, there's no co-pays on the uh, health insurance that Pat Davis will help you uh, get for yourself. He's going to save you 30 to 50% on health insurance. All you need to do is call him at 501-605-6935. Talk to him. It might take you 15, 20 minutes. And if you'll listen to him, I'm sure that you'll want to do business with him. You can find out also online at yourhealthplanman.com. You can get your health insurance and it's health insurance. It is not you know, a, a a share plan. It can be any provider in the nation. But remember this, no co-pays. Absolutely, you'll not ever have to pay to see your doctor or, or a specialist 
ever again. So talk to Pat Davis about that. 501-605-6935. All right, back with you and back with Congressman French Hill in Washington, D.C. Congressman, uh, let's talk a little bit about gas prices. I filled up yesterday. It was two eighty eight a, a gallon, uh, and that was ten cents cheaper than most of the of the filling stations that were at two ninety nine a gallon. And then you've got the president says, "Well, you're looking at me, asking me what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do." It really worries me. Of course, he knows what to do. Uh, what he needs to do is get rid of these draconian laws and. And, uh, you know, presidential decrees that he has signed and and let the oil industry go back to work. Yeah, it's a little ironic that uh, he takes actions to limit and hurt the production of natural gas and energy that we need here to heat our homes, make the products, run our factories, uh, build our economy, drive our cars. And uh, because of his policies, that's been capped, which is a contributing factor to uh, the high gas prices that we all experience. It's over $5 in California. I walk past the Exxon station on my way to work every day here, and it's uh, pushing $5. Wow. (laughs) You can thank the uh, consumer taxes in the District of Columbia for a big chunk of that. Yeah, I'm sure. But. But, you know, he calls Saudi Arabia, hey, can you guys increase production? I mean, come on, what a hypocrite. Yeah. When we are energy independent, and I want to say that to all my friends who believe that we should move to, you know, a cleaner uh, energy future, that's happening right before your eyes. But to do it pre- in a preemptive way using government coercion is going to be a mistake, and you're going to have brownouts like we had in California, or last week, in, or two weeks ago in Europe, they virtually had to shut Europe down because they ran out of natural gas and oil. <laughs> so I'm a huge believer in the all of the above energy strategy. I wish we were investing more in nuclear power here. And unfortunately, we're not. I'm working hard to try to cut out the costs and regulatory burdens that we can produce small, safe nuclear energy reactors that we could even export. Uh, because I think that's the cleanest, most carbon-free power that lasts 100 years. And they don't produce the waste anymore that we had in the old 1970s nuclear reactors. So there's so much to be doing here, and Biden's going completely, in my view, in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, it may be your view, but I think it's the right view. You're seeing it without uh, rose-colored glasses on, and, and you you know what needs to be done. I mean, I'm I'm more than happy to see all these car companies that are coming out with uh ads saying they're going to develop uh you know all of these electric cars i want to know how you're going to charge all of them yeah you've got to have power where do we get that power we get that power from base energy which in our country is natural gas and coal and nuclear for the most part (laughs) secondly people are excited about solar panel hey it's terrific and solar panel has dropped dramatically per kilowatt hour and it's becoming uh, competitive as it goes to scale and the utilities are using it where does 85 percent of the polysilicon come from 85 percent of the polysilicon that goes into building those beautiful solar panels where does it come from i'm going to take a guess china i was going to say i'm going to take a guess china 
Well, not only China, but China in the region of the Uyghurs where the Uyghurs are being put in concentration camps. Right. So where where is the diversity of view there is and where is the power made to make grind it up? Well, coal-fired plants in China. So look, we have to have absolute clear vision here that we want to move to clean energy that's fantastic and there are a million ways to do it and we need to do a lot of that work right here in america we need to be investing in our own energy independence we're the largest economy in the world but we're the one that is operating the fastest moving to a clean energy future so i just think we sell ourselves short we sell the american worker short And we come up with policies that punish American families by raising their cost and increasing their inconvenience and don't even recognize the good job that we're doing. All right. So you're there in Washington. You you hear things that we don't hear uh, here in central Arkansas. What are you expecting the president to say and perhaps do uh, next week when he goes to this uh, uh, green uh, energy summit that's coming up? Well, he's desperate to have this big $3.5 trillion deal passed because it taxes fossil fuels. It gives a lot of tax incentives to EVs to rich Americans. It has <laughs> the federal government build charging stations, not the private sector, uh, which that's a whole other subject. Uh, and then, as I noted, he is getting the bank regulators and the securities regulators to punish any American company that invests in fossil fuels, uh, and this, in my view, is a is a uh, premature, uh, ill-conceived notion that's going to intimidate the capitalist system here using regulatory uh, clubs, and we're going to see it, again, hurt Americans' independence, hurt our families' budgets, raise prices, and it will not – uh, change the trajectory on climate change. Climate is a global issue, and the biggest challenges to it are in India, China, and the third world. They're not here in the U.S. Yeah, and the third world are saying, because you want to put all these draconian policies in, you're going to hold us back. And a lot of the other con- Western countries are saying, well, look, we'll give you millions of dollars. Uh, because we're keeping you back. I mean, it's the most asinine thought process I've ever heard of. Let's let's have the perfect storm. Let's take a huge country like Nigeria, that's uh, the biggest country in Africa, hundred over a hundred million people. Uh, what's what's okay? You want to help their climate footprint, their green footprint? Let's come up with a small scale set of nuclear energy power generating stations that we can place there and everybody wins. American technology, American exporters, American manufacturing, and they have a greener, more stable source of of supply. And the list goes on and on. But you cannot discount the clean uh, energy contributions from natural gas right now because it's abundant it's available it's global and as you know it was as low as two dollars at mcf here in the u.s it's gotten up to nine dollars in the last few weeks you know what that nine dollar let's say it's nine dollars it's a little less today that nine dollar clean natural gas produced in west texas cost in uh, japan how about 18 or 19 dollars in mcf Mm mm-hmm 
And so we can export, lower our trade deficit with many countries in the world, and help them have a cleaner carbon footprint. It's a thing of beauty, and it's ignored by the Biden administration. All right. Congressman, we're out of time. Thanks for the time today. Some great information that people may not have heard. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you next Wednesday uh, with Jim Banks, the chairman of the RSC. Have a great day. All the best. See you. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. So that was uh, Congressman French Hill coming up. Congressman Bruce Westerman will join us after the news, uh, after Bill O'Reilly, who's coming up. And then we'll uh, we'll pay for some bills, and then we'll continue on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, it's time for Bill O'Reilly. I got to tell you, Christmas is not that far away. I mean, this is the last week of October. When we get back together next week, it'll be November, which means we're about a, a month and a half away from uh, from Christmas. And if you're wanting to have a special piece of jewelry, that's unique and reflects the personality and character of the person that you're buying it for, then you're going to turn your attention to Hillcrest Designer uh, Jewelry up uh, in the Heights at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E. Talk to Eric and find out what the hot stones are right now and talk to him about, uh, you know, kind of what rings are looking like today and what are some of the new kind of you know hip things that are going into it and they can design it for you they've got a machine that allows them to to design the jewelry that you want and he can put all those unique touches in uh, for the person you're buying it for but you have got to call him now all right and get him started on it uh his phone number is 501 246-3655, 246 501-246-3655, and again, he's at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E, he opens at 10 a.m. every day, other than Sunday, and uh, he'll sit there and talk to you, he'll, he's going to, I'm going to tell you, one of the questions he's going to ask is what kind of ring and stones does the person like that you're building the ring for you should have that kind of information kind of uh, settled in your mind when you uh, supply that uh, and go to him uh, to design because that'll go a long way into how you want to do things so talk to eric 501-246-3655 do it today uh, or you know this week early next week you need to do it for in those time frames so that he can get this done for you on uh, for the, the Christmas holidays that are coming up. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, Dave Ellswick, final half hour, and we're going back to Washington, D.C. We've got Congressman Bruce Westerman on with us. We want to get his thoughts of about a lot of the things that have been going up uh, on Capitol Hill. And, uh, and Bruce, uh, you know, the... Uh, the Democrats, the uh, the moderates, have kind of held their their uh, their their uh, I guess their wall, so to speak, against this three and a half trillion dollar social infrastructure bill. You've got you know Mansion and you've got uh, Seneca also 
standing up against their uh, party's leadership. And uh, the president came out and said, we're going to get it done, but it might not be as big as we thought it was going to be. He's talking now like a couple of trillion dollars uh, for this bill. That's way still way too much money. What what are some of the things that you're hearing in the hallways there? I mean, you're just down the hall from uh, ROC. I mean, did you have breakfast with her today? <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to AOC this week, Dave, but uh, I'll be sure and uh, try to strike up a conversation if, <laughs> if I get on the elevator. But, you know, the, the thing I heard this morning in the in the gym was from Democrats was they don't they don't know what's going on, that apparently this is Pelosi's deal. And, um, I mean, who knows what the cost is going to be. They keep saying we're going to vote on it this week. We're supposed to uh, uh, wrap things up tomorrow here in D.C., but there's no text, uh, which wouldn't be surprising if they drop a bill, you know, three hours before you have to vote on it. Uh, But I think there would have to be a CBO score on a reconciliation bill. Obviously, they can't score one that quickly. Um, it's it's chaotic, but in a way that's good because it means they're not getting anything done. But they're working towards what I all along thought would happen is uh, uh, they would negotiate down from the three and a half trillion, which is really five and a half trillion, and say we've got an agreement at one trillion or two trillion or one and a half trillion, and they'd, they'd be patting themselves on the back and still doing great harm to the country. And what I've been reading uh, and the bits and pieces I'm hearing is they want to do all these programs, but just do them for, you know, three or four years. It's kind of like, uh, I guess, a drug addict saying, here, just try this. I'll I'll give you some for free. Um, So they want to get people hooked on it and then make it somebody else's responsibility to, uh, to, to reel that back. So I think their strategy is to expand as much as many social programs as much as they can and, uh, you know, try to get Americans hooked on it and make it uh, politically difficult to end those programs. I think that's where they're heading. I hope they achieve none of it. Um, I was I was joking with one of my Democrat colleagues. He said, why, why are you guys opposed to putting art in train stations and beautifying right-of-ways on highways and stuff like that? And I said, look, if, you'll, if y'all get away from this uh, – this massive spending bill and you'll focus on a real infrastructure bill that we take through committee and, and everything. I'll, I'll vote for some artwork in a train station and some flowers in the right of way and the country will be a lot better off, but they don't want to, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to go through regular process. They don't want to uh, have serious debate and amendments and pass an infrastructure bill and then go to conference and work out the differences with the Senate. Um, you've got the, the far left, I, I I hate to even call them moderates anymore, the, the less liberals, um, where it's it's getting to be an all or nothing situation. Um, you know, they're trying to work out this billionaire tax right now. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, which I think uh, it's hard to get details on it, but I think it's going to affect everyone's. Um, like, if you buy stock in a in your IRA or or a money market account or something, you're, it's going to penalize your the average person's retirement. That's what I think it's going to end up doing, but it's hard to get any, any serious details out of what they're talking about. You know, they, they talk, they talk about things like, uh, you know, your, your 401k and, 
and stock options and things of that nature, and they want to tax what it could make for you, not what it will make for you. Right, exactly. Um, and they're trying to, you know, create some way where, like, in a, a, a CEO of a large company's executives may get some stock options, so they want to tax those those gains on those stocks before they ever cash the stock out. The best I can understand, but I think that has some far-ranging uh, impacts on people other than just billionaires, which they say that's what it's going to be about. Um, I, I, and again, the details are sketchy, and, and I'm speculating just on what I've read and and what I'm trying to understand about what they're pushing through. But the bottom line is we don't need to do any of that stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I agree. I mean, the president last week just rocked my world. It's hard for, for politicians to rock my world. But what he said rocked my world. I mean, we're looking at gas prices. Yesterday, I filled up here uh, in Cabot, uh, Congressman, and a gallon of gas was $2.88. Uh, other places in the city were $2.99. Uh, I just talked to Congressman Hill. He, he said on walking on his way to uh, the Capitol today, there in D.C., it was $5 a gallon of gas. And we've got a president that says when people ask him about that, he says, don't ask me about that. I don't know what we need to do to bring it down. He says, I could leave some of the oil out of the reserve or this or that. But I, you can't. I can't make the Saudis do anything, and it's it's like holy cow! You're the one that's running these policies, and you don't even realize that it's your policies that are causing this. Yeah, he, he's so out of touch. Um, you know, they're they're actually begging OPEC and, and OPEC Plus, which includes Russia and Venezuela uh, and and Iran, to increase oil output. Um, when he's shutting down pipelines and shutting down leases and going after the the oil and gas industry here in the U.S., it's, yeah, it's it's, in, it's incompetence. It's what it is. We have a bunch of incompetent people running the country right now. Yeah, let's um, uh, let, let's talk about that. Two years ago, we were energy independent. Exactly. Um, so so what happened? Yeah, the the one thing that happened is Biden got elected and Democrats got control of the House and the and the Senate, and they hate fossil fuel. But the problem is they don't have a uh, a competent plan to address the issue. It's just let's get rid of the fossil fuel, and yeah, I guess if you have to, we all may be buying horses and and buggies again uh, to get around if they keep keep going down the road they're going down well that's what some you of the green know, uh, people want to do but go ahead well it's a, your, your horse and buggy causes too much damage too but, uh, <laughs> i think they just want everybody to stay home you know last night i had opportunity to uh, go to an event with the daily caller where they uh, they recognized ron DeSantis. and first time i'd got to visit with ron since you know he served in congress before he, he went down and became governor but he is really uh um he's He's done a great job, and I, I hate to say he's come out of his shell, but it's, I think it's been good for him to be governor, and he's, he's really good in that role. Um, so I was 
it's inspiring to see, you know, what's what's on the horizon and uh, just to see a, a group of conservatives back together uh, looking towards the future. So uh, I, I don't know what Ron will do in the future, but I think he's he's built a good, solid uh, track record. And he's, he's very smart, extremely smart. Uh, and he's got got good policy to go with everything that he's uh, uh, he, it's not just talk. He's got the, the data to go with it. Well, you know, he's he's done a lot kind of like you. I remember when we first had you on on our weekly program and, you know, you were you were a little stilted. Was best word I can think of when you were on the air. But now you're relaxed. Uh, you you say it like it is. And that's what the governor of Florida does. He looks really comfortable in front of the cameras now. Yeah, and they uh, the Daily Caller put together a, a clip of some of his best moments in front of the camera, <laughs> and uh, I, I saw some stuff I hadn't hadn't seen. It was it was excellent, um, and all he's doing is um, stating conservative principles and standing behind it. I mean, it's not it's not that hard, and he's got a great platform to. To do that now, and his uh, he he was saying that last month there were like a hundred and some odd thousand jobs created in the country, and eighty thousand of them were in Florida. That's fantastic. All right, if you'll hold with me, Congressman, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll come back and finish up our conversation. 747 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest is Congressman Bruce Westerman, and we're catching up on what's going on in Washington, D.C. I want to remind you about what's going on here in the housing market. It's hot. It's hot. And uh, the report for September on housing was hot. Uh, the prices of uh, getting some uh, decent money to buy a house uh, has gone down. That means more money is available. And uh, the inventory, though, is still low, which means if you're a seller, now's the time to sell. And Dustin Turner does something better than anybody else does, and that is get your home in front of more eyes than anybody else because that's the way people buy homes now they buy it when they go on the internet and they can look at all the homes that they want to they don't have to go to a realtor's office or anything like that they don't have to go to open houses they go on to the internet and look at homes and then if they fall in love with them then they go out and look at them up close and personal and then they'll make a bid that's the way it works now and uh, Dustin Turner knows how to do this. He gets some good, good uh, photographs of your home, uh, presents it in a way that the buyers want to see more, and then he'll help you sell your home. And uh, you can trust him about what he talks. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I, I learned about him when I had him at my house, going through my house. He, he shoots straight. He'll give you, he'll tell you what you need to fix, what you don't need to fix, you know, how we need to stage, how we don't need to stage. I mean, it's all up front with uh, Dustin Turner. Give him a call, 501-952-2969. Google him at Dustin Turner, the home team, or go online to um, hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com, and then start packing your bags. Okay, let's finish up with our uh, discussion with Congressman Bruce Westerman and uh 
you know, Bruce, what what would you say to the president right now uh, to how to get the gas prices to come down? Because there's some fundamental things that he could do that would, you know, drop them pretty quickly if he would just do them. Uh, yeah, and, and glad you asked that, Dave, because actually I just uh, publicly said some stuff to him. I, I have an op-ed that just posted on Fox Business this morning um, talking about inflation and how Biden's chief of staff, uh, Ron Klain, I think his name, said that inflation's a high-class problem. And uh, I related my ag tour I did in Arkansas and the things I learned on it to how out of touch this administration is and how they they need to focus on getting Americans back to work, uh, which that's driving inflation, too, when you don't have enough labor to produce the goods that you need and when you can't uh, – you have supply chain failures, which increases uh, uh, demand peaks, which drives the price up again. And actually, sometimes snowballs where you get people perceive that there's not enough supply, so they start ordering more. And uh, and, and that's driving prices up. But the energy policies that he's, he's got out there are driving energy prices, and they're going to continue to drive energy prices until he uh, focuses on uh, reliable and affordable domestic produced energy. Um, and then we fig- we've got to figure out how to make that the cleanest energy possible. But this approach that they're taking, again, it's I, the best word I can come up with is incompetent. It's a, it's a flawed plan. It's not going to work. We were on a good track. Um, the U.S. had reduced greenhouse gas emissions more than the uh, other top 12 countries in the world combined uh, by coming up with new technology, and we were approaching uh, both uh, environmental health and energy security uh, down a good path, but we've just turned off the side road, and I think we're getting ready to head over a cliff if they don't correct course. Yeah, I mean, it's very important that uh, this administration get a grip, uh, but they're not going to. There's no doubt they want want to keep the ultra-left uh happy and the only way to make them happy is to spend millions maybe even billions of dollars on all new green new energy i mean look i i watch the car manufacturers and and they're trying to convince everybody that they're building all these electric cars but i know that in the boardrooms of these car manufacturers the same the same conversations going on that uh goes on in my own head and that is how are you going to charge all these cars yeah you, you got to make the energy yeah, the, for it and you got to have the infrastructure for it yeah it's that plan is for lack of a better term dave it's stupid because if, if the stated objective is to reduce global carbon emissions uh forcing the u.s transportation sector into electric automobiles is going to have little, if any, effect on the global climate emissions. Last year, China built 38 gigawatts of coal-powered plants. That's one huge coal power plant every week, and they're continuing to build them. Um, What the world needs is reliable, affordable, clean energy, and we do that through innovation, not through uh, putting some unicorn policies in place that make us think we're going to magically affect the, the global carbon in the atmosphere and drive our economy into the ground and make ourselves more dependent 
on buying batteries and elements and minerals and components from China. They're, they have to be – they probably think it's some, uh, some ploy we're doing to make them think we're just that stupid. Uh, but they're, you know, they're having to build all these power plants to produce the stuff that, that we're buying and that our, uh, our government's trying to force bad policy. It's just, uh, and, and at the end of the day, you don't get any, any of the stated benefits from it. You actually uh, make things worse than making them better. And it's so short-sighted, it has no kind of uh, thoughtful plan or long-term outlook. It's on what's most politically expedient today. And these kind of policies do great harm uh, to our country. I mean, if, you, if the goal is to reduce carbon in the atmosphere, you have to start looking at nuclear. You have to, uh, if you want to reduce the amount of, of gasoline and diesel in transportation, then maybe look at something like hydrogen that's produced through nuclear power. Uh, but batteries are, are not the answer, and we don't have the infrastructure uh, to charge all those batteries. It's a, it's a loser, and they're going all out on it. They're putting all their money on a loser. Congressman Bruce Westerman, when you're back in the area, let me know and let's do lunch. You have a great day, and I will talk to you next uh, Wednesday. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you, Dave. Have a good day. All right. Congressman Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, special guest. You won't want to miss it. Former Senator from South Carolina, Jim DeMint, will be my special guest tomorrow at 630 in the morning. Right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, Duck and Joe will be on to answer all your car questions, keep you up to date on uh, what's going on new. We will not talk about electric cars uh, for, for most of the time, I'll be honest. We think it's a pipe dream right now. And the only reason that the car manufacturers are doing all the ads is to make all the people who are Kumbaya, Green New Deal happy. Okay, that's what's going on. I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.